lawlessness is on the increase. Matthew 24, 12 to 14. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. The first thing we have to consider and ask ourselves is what is lawlessness? The reason we have to ask this is because people's love is going to grow cold because of it. Lawlessness is sin, and sin is to miss the mark. Sin is to miss the standard of behavior, which we are called to live by, called faith. 1 John 3 verse 4, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Romans 14 23, and whatever is not from faith is sin. As mentioned, lawlessness is to sin which is behavior that is demonic, which will increase upon the earth. As humanity's sinful behavior deteriorates and goes from one measure of depravity to another, with evil forever increasing, which we are experiencing right now in New Zealand, the love, agape, will grow cold in the hearts of those who know God from having his love in them. This is to alarm us no end. The love of many followers will grow cold in the days where lawlessness increases. Unbelief is the root issue of this demonic behavior called lawlessness. Hence, the work of God is to believe. To believe is not a functioning work, but a divine work of the Spirit in a person, resulting in fellowship, oneness, true belief of the conviction of heart, and not just some verbal and intellectual agreement with what the scriptures say. John 6, 29. Many don't see it like this at all. Many have been taught primarily that the greatest sins are adultery, lying, coveting, stealing, smoking, looking at pornography, idolatry, and yes, this behavior is sinful, but it's not the first place we are to be looking. While we are looking at all this and believing that this needs to be where we are positioned, We are completely looking the wrong way, and so we are not able to live a righteous way called a life of righteousness by faith. Many look at their behavior and try to correct their behavior instead of just keeping their eyes on the one who is the author and perfecter of faith and allowing him and him alone to transform us. What an amazing gift to receive the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses us from all sin and no longer binds us to earth and earth's magnetic pull. This is why to not live a life of faith is the greatest sin, because we in him have been released from the things which we believe hold us back and need to get cleaned up of before we can live this life of faith. This is unbelief, and unbelief lies to us and keeps us in the greatest sin of all. This is a false religious position. We believe it's about our behavior first, rather than belonging to him through the blood of his son. That's why Romans says anything that's not done by faith is sin, lawlessness. It means to miss the mark to which you have been called to live. Romans 1, 16 to 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, meaning the gospel, 
the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. These two verses say it all. The receiving of Jesus Christ in the deepest part of our hidden recesses, the place where all life is conceived, releases from everything of earth, shame, and propels us into the eternal Christ. The blood of Christ being poured out into us makes us righteous, cleanses us from the iniquity and sin which binds us and propels us into faith to faith, just as the scriptures prophesy. The one who is made right by his blood shall live by faith. This is the standard that we are called to live to. Did we catch that? The one who has been made righteous is to live by faith. To not live by faith is a sin, Romans 14, 23. And whatever is not from faith is sin, and sin is lawlessness. Look at Hebrews 1, 9. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. God hates it when we don't live a life of faith because he knows we are living beneath the standard which his son died and rose again for us to live by. And two, when we don't live by faith, we live by flesh. And when we live by flesh, we live by sin. We live by lawlessness. And this leads us to the passage in Matthew 7, 22 to 23. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. How is it possible to do all these things in his name, and then hear, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness sin. It is possible because there is power in his name, and the gifts of God are irrevocable. The power and authority is in his name, the name of Jesus, to do what is possible in his name, while not knowing who Jesus actually is. And we don't know how he does what he does. It's fully possible to use his name to do our own will, lawlessness, sin. It is fully possible to perform signs and wonders in his name while practicing lawlessness, sin. It's fully possible to do all this and not love him and not even know who he is. This is why Jesus says, I never knew you. Of course, Jesus knows all people. But what Jesus is really saying is, I know you didn't love me. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 3. But if anyone loves God, he is known by him. This is what 1 Corinthians 8 is declaring. If we truly love God the way God instructs or commands, then God knows this person. This is what Paul is saying here and why we see in Matthew 7 and Matthew 25 the same words, I never knew you or I don't know you. God is clearly spelling something very clear here for us all to know. I know those who love me and do everything my divine eternal way, and I know those who don't. It's interesting that Jesus could do nothing from his own initiative. And this is the life that we are to come into and know as well. It's just not enough to do good works. They must be righteous works. I know the ones who from love live by faith. And I know the ones who from lust live by sin, lawlessness, unbelief. What's alarming is that God will let you live from this posture of sin and unbelief. And on the day of judgment for your reward, You will hear, I don't know you. 
This is why 1 John 2, 3, and 4 is so clear and crucial for every follower. 1 John 2, verse 3. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. If being a small word is a very powerful word. The word know and the commandment of love are in this one verse, which is the same as 1 Corinthians 8, 3. This is gnosko, intimate, true knowledge, which is transformational and all-powerful, to which Jesus builds his people. It's the true knowing, gnosko, that empowers the true loving, agape of God and others, keeping his commandments. People or followers who hear, I don't know you, Matthew 25, 12, the word know being edu is to know of intimately, to not recognize, to perceive with eyes. The depart from me, I never knew you, Matthew 7, 23, is gnosko. We have never had a true intimate knowledge. You have done all you have done in my name while practicing lawlessness, the very thing I hate. What does it really mean to be a disciple who loves as commanded and who lives by faith in the Son of God? We need to know this in a very living way. The greatest sin is unbelief because we are not in faith in Christ while we continue in all our facades and forms of godliness. We live for ourselves using his name to accomplish our will. Jesus said he did nothing from his own initiative, John 5.30. And he also said, apart from me, you can do nothing, John 15.5. Everything we do and accomplish must be an eternal work and it must be by faith. A by faith work comes from him. It is centered, inspired, empowered, enabled, and accomplished by him through us by faith. That's what makes it a righteous work of the saints. It's not a work of us, the flesh, but a work of the spirit by faith. It's an eternal work. Once again, the first work in this function and context is to love God with all firstly, and then humanity as God loves. 1 John 5, 2 and 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. These are the works that come from the unseen realm. They are eternal works that have been prepared beforehand by God for us to accomplish. This is all related to our behavior and the kinds of lives that we live. Do we demonstrate wisdom from the kingdom of God, light? If we are truly his workmanship, meaning he is truly building us with his hands, then we will know what these works are because he will make them known through the building process to us. And we will accomplish these works by faith that others can't, those of the earth. Hebrews 11.7 is a powerful testimony of this truth. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Noah's behavior, the wisdom he is demonstrating by the building of the ark, is the same dimension that James testifies to in James 2, 24. James 2.24, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. True faith 
belief in God, his word, his way, will always produce a work of righteousness. It's guaranteed. And we see this continuously throughout the testimonies, the tangible demonstrations of people who live throughout history. Hebrews 11.2 says, The men of old gained their approval by their faith. The men of old gained their righteous standing before God because of the lives they lived, the demonstration of a godly life, a life of righteousness lived out by faith in God, and we, the church, are to be absolutely no different to them. It is this which makes us one with the saints of old, who are cheering us all on. Works of faith are not any works. Anyone can do any works. Even the non-follower can do good works from complete unbelief in God. The follower can also do these same good works from this position of unbelief. Mankind is very capable of doing earthly good works through their own strength, ability, resource, talents, even using their spiritual gifts that have been given to them by God. But only people of faith in Jesus can do eternal or righteous works where God gets the glory, not man. This is what separates the eternal from the earth, the spirit from the flesh, light from darkness. Once again, this is why Jesus made it very clear that apart from him, we can do nothing. This is why faith is such an intrinsic part of our fellowship. And fellowship is such an intrinsic part of faith, knowing that all of our function is to come from our fellowship, faith, and fruitfulness of the Spirit, Christ himself. There is an absolute divine order to the works of God, and we must be discerning in the Spirit to be able to separate all the forms of godliness that look like works by faith to the natural eye compared to the true works of the Spirit by faith called godliness. All the forms of godliness, the good works of man, can be done by unbelief from the flesh, while only godliness, the eternal works of God, in and through man, can be done by faith. This is why to not to live to the standard of faith is a sin, lawlessness. And this lawlessness and sin will increase in these days. Followers will be rewarded for works of righteousness by faith at our judgment seat. All other works are completely burnt up and destroyed by God's fire, rendering completely worthless, useless. How shocking to discover all your hard work and toil, sweat and tears, meaning absolutely nothing to God, because they all came from your will and not his. He allowed and allows you to do all this because this was the intent and motive of your true heart position, self-serving, as opposed to becoming a selfless servant a bondservant by faith in him. Jesus said when he returns, will he find a people of faith? Will he find a people of the spiritual kind of faith on the earth in the last days? People who are able to stand and demonstrate an eternal work of love because of their faith in the absolute chaos and calamity of this great tribulation. Luke 18, 18. I tell you, that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When lawlessness, sin is increasing due to the prophetic times we are in, and the love, which is agape, of most of the people 
His followers has grown cold. Matthew 24, 12 to 14. Will I find my people of faith, hope, and love on the earth, knowing the greatest is love? Will I find the overcomers who have overcome by faith, a faith that is only discovered in me, the author and perfecter of this faith? 1 John 5 verse 4, But whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Look at how verse 5 is intrinsically connected to verse 4. 1 John 5, 5, Who is the one who overcomes the world? but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This isn't a positional reality only, but it is to be an experiential truth where our belief in Jesus Christ isn't a verbal and intellectual agreement, but a living, convictional enlightenment of the heart that empowers us to be a living demonstration of the Spirit and power, the wisdom of God, for all to see, touch, and experience. This is how the manifold wisdom of God gets displayed through the vessel called the church, the ecclesia, all accomplished by love and faith. John 3, 21. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. The word wrought means shaped by hammering. All of our deeds, works are to be shaped by God's hand by faith. Anything less than this is just our works through our hammering away, exhausting ourselves from exertion of self-strength. The question we need to ask ourselves is this, what is it to believe? To believe is to have my life reflect and represent what I believe. To believe is to have my life reflect and represent what I agree with. To believe is to have my life reflect and represent what I say yes to. In other words, I believe when my life becomes and is becoming the message. 1 Corinthians 2, 4-5 And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. This was the posture and position of Paul, and it is to be ours as well. When our faith rests on God's power, and not in man's wisdom, meaning man's ability to understand words, we will have this posture of believe. I want us to come back and have a look at Matthew 7, 21 to 27, as there is something quite profound we need to seriously address in relation to lawlessness, sin, unbelief, and those who live a life of faith, belief. This is all in relation to be the house we are to be. Matthew 7, 21 to 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came 
and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. The key to all this is, are you a house that is able to stand when the torrents of life come? Because you are built on Jesus Christ and live a life by faith in him. Or are you a house that comes crashing down when the torrents of life come? Because although you call him Lord and operate in your spiritual gifts and perform miracles in his name, you still are a person of lawlessness, sin, unbelief of the heart to the true inner building work and ways of God. It is fully possible for a follower to call him Lord, operate in functioning work by his power and not be being built on the inside. So when the storms hit, you are taken out and you don't enter into your inheritance within the future kingdom of heaven for thousand years due to not living a life of faith in him now. You did all that you did works using his name to do your will. This is the greatest sin outside of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because to do this is to sin lawlessness. It is to miss the mark of faith. To do your will using his name is the complete opposite of using his name to do his will, which is why he says, only those who do the will of my father enter the kingdom of heaven, this thousand year reign back on earth. God will allow you to do this as we see right here. But there are devastating consequences for the follower who lives like this. Number one, they don't enter the kingdom of heaven, their millennial reign of Christ back on earth. Two, they can't stand in the days of testing which come upon the earth and overcome. So don't receive the overcomer's inheritance, which relates to number one. We must be a people who endure to the end to be saved, complete salvation, and receive our eternal inheritance which is discovered in the Christ himself. Hence the house that is built on the true foundation, Christ, who is also built by Christ, will do the will of God and receive all that God has promised. The Israelites never entered the promise of rest, the promised land, because of their unbelief. Hebrews 3.19 So we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Hebrews 4 verse 2 and 3 for indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. For we who have believed enter that rest, just as he has said. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. The key to all this is faith, living to the eternal standard of faith, as it's faith that empowers access to possess all that's in Christ and not to miss the mark called sin, lawlessness, because of unbelief. Unbelief is the key cause of these symptoms, adultery, idolatry, lying, stealing, coveting, jealousy, which causes us to miss the mark, sin, and lives lives of lawlessness, lives that lack faith. The goal of Christianity isn't to try and not sin. The goal or purpose of following Jesus is to express a life of faith in him, a life of righteousness, godliness. I am not saying we can be casual about not living morally correct, but the goal is not to try and live a perfectly morally correct life, as if this is the main thing. The problem with this behaviorally centered mindset is that it's not Christ's mindset. In trying not to sin morally, 
but not living by faith, one is sinning. When we live by faith, our lives will align morally to righteousness. It's not about behavioral change as the primary. It's about living by faith in him. And from this wisdom, we exist, move and live. Then we will see us living out this wisdom of God upon the earth, performing acts of righteousness by faith and not demonstrating demonic behavior of the flesh, which is going to increase in the last days, which once again is to miss the mark or to miss the standard to which we are called. Our behavior is very important as we are called to live out a life of righteousness. And as we know, a life of godliness is profitable for this life and the life to come and the age to come. But behavior isn't the place we start. Belonging is. Belonging, believing, behavior will see us all live out a life of faith in the Son of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. This is the standard we are called to as his followers. How much of this are we already living? How much of this truth is our actual reality, as opposed to our verbal and mental agreement of it? We are not our own. What does this even mean? Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. What is this? We have been bought with a price. We are to glorify God in our body. What is all this and what does it mean? These questions are very eye-opening and expose our true spiritual state or condition. We are to glorify God in our body. As we looked at in the great inner realm defilement, I'm not sure how much glorifying God was accomplished in Peter's body when he demonstrated demonic-like behavior in Matthew 16, 21-23. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. This kind of behavior is severely missing the mark of faith. This behavior is one of sin because it is not the behavior of faith. Romans 14, 23. Whatever is not from faith is sin. Our behavior can be a stumbling block to him and others. Our behavior can get in the way of him and his purpose. It is this lawlessness which will increase. Every time we set our mind on man's interests as opposed to God's and demonstrate this through our behavior, are we not too living from demonic wisdom and also need to get behind him and repent of this mindset and behavior? We breeze over this as if it's nothing. This is incredibly serious and in need of our urgent attention and focus. Peter missed this profound correction and act of discipline by Christ. So in turn, he didn't repent of his way of being and continued to live from flesh, which would profit him nothing as Jesus taught. He would take his behavior all the way to his crushing in the synagogue where the rooster would crow and Peter would remember the word of the Lord and weep bitterly. It is in this breaking of the spirit of pride, which would be the preparation of the heart to receive the spirit of humility through receiving the Holy Spirit deep in his inner realm, the place where all life is conceived and birthed. Are we a people who continue to set our mind on our own interests, or is our mind being renewed daily to his mind, 
So we are only interested in being about what he is about, his interests, not ours. Why do we even have to be asking these questions? Isn't the entire point about no longer living for self, but living for him from day one of our reconciliation, the only way to be and live? This kind of life requires faith, a very specific kind of faith, which comes from Christ, who is the author and perfecter of faith. How can one have this kind of faith if one doesn't really know the author and perfecter of it? We say we are a people of faith, and yet do our lives reflect and represent this bold declaration? When our faith is tested, we get to see if we are a people of faith. Words are cheap, as Paul said, as we have looked at already. The demonstration wisdom lived out is where we see if we have faith or not. The Bible says test to see if you're in faith. Can we actually live out lives of godliness or righteousness because we are living by faith in him and not live this life of sin, lawlessness, which is going to increase? The kind of life lived out is a life that accomplishes these God-centered, inspired, empowered, and led works in love by faith. Anything less than this is just our works by flesh, which are works of lawlessness or sin, which anybody can do. How can one leave their first love and hear I don't know you while still performing signs and wonders and the practical works of feeding the poor, church services, ceremonies, traditions, etc.? Reason? Because the gifts of God are irrevocable and there is power and authority in his name and in the gift one has been given. He also allows it as the entire point is to test us to see if we truly love him and are in love with him and will do everything his way or ours. This is what God searches the entire world for over every generation, to find those who truly love him, defined by him. 2 Timothy 2.19, Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having the seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And 1 Corinthians 8.3, But if anyone loves God, he is known by him.